The Dr. Taz Show. The podcast, Dr. Taz. Superwoman Wellness. Here's Dr. Taz. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to this episode of Superwoman Wellness, where you know I am determined to bring you back to your superpowered self. I am excited. I love all my guests, but I'm excited about this because I think we're going to learn a lot of great hacks, which definitely is superwomen we need. I have with me today, Rachel Fryman. She's going to show us how to create lifelong habits by training our mind along with our body. She's teaching us nutritional concepts that are impossible to forget. And I love this without, I don't know how to do this, without the shakes, the wraps, the magic pills. Instead, we're going to rewire our brains, abandon that self-critic and really become our own best coach. Her first book is out, Becoming Mind Strong, The Truth About Health, Fitness, and the Bullshit. I hope I'm allowed to say that, but the bullshit <laughs> that's holding you back. Welcome to the show, Rachel. Thank you so much. I'm cracking up. I, I always ask people, should I say BS or can I say the full word? <laughs> Just went for it. They'll bleep me if they have to. But anyhow, I'm so glad to have you here from Tucson, which as we were talking about, I did my integrative fellowship training there and uh, so attached to that place. I've been back since and absolutely love it. But tell us a little bit about you and how you got into the world of nutrition and fitness. And what's your take on what you're seeing? Even I am very big into my protein shake and my, you know, three or four supplements that I always try to stick to. And I feel like they've changed my life and the life of many of my patients. So tell us kind of what we're doing, maybe wrong or not thinking through completely. Yeah, absolutely. So my my background is an unusual one. I was a, a musician for the majority of my life. I was a jazz musician in New York City for years and years and years and went on to teach middle school music. So I I say that because it seems like totally unrelated in the field, but the reality is when I got into health and fitness, I had a very different approach. Like I will never consider myself a personal trainer whose whose job is to sit there and scream in your face and tell you to do burpees till you're going to throw up or whatever. For me, um, as an educator, that's what I will always be in my core as a teacher, as an educator. So I got into health and fitness while I was a middle school music teacher. And I just started going to the gym for my own release. At the end of the day, you know, teaching is a very stressful job. We're overworked, we're underpaid. And I just went to lift heavy things up and down at the end of a long day. And what happened was this organic process where other teacher friends would be like, I'd really love to go to the gym, but I'm intimidated or I don't know what to do or it feels selfish to take that time for myself. And I would say to them, hey, I'm going after work anyway, so why don't you just come with me? I'll show you some stuff. And the feedback that I started to hear from them, I always say it was almost selfish because for me, hearing people that I care about say, holy cow, I'm showing up as a better teacher, as a better spouse, as a better partner because of the self-confidence I'm walking around with. Selfishly, I was like, holy cow, Like I want to feel this every day. I want to help people light that spark up because not only do they feel good, but I feel amazing helping people tap into that. But what I found was these huge gaps in the health and fitness industry. It was one of those things where the more I learned about it, the teacher in me wanted to like scream from the rooftops that there is so much BS on the market. We'll play it safe and I'll say BS on the market in terms of drink these shakes, eat these meals, follow this point system with no understanding of why it's working, right? It goes back to the whole cliche of teaching a woman to fish versus giving her one. We, we believe that we have tried 150 diets in our lifetime, but when we get to the root of it, we've really tried one diet. We've tried the diet that tells us what we can and cannot eat. And if you know anything about human psychology, which you do, <laughs> that's never going to work. It is never going to last by putting horse blinders on saying, I can't, I can't, I can't. 
because at some point we are going to cave and we're going to binge and we're going to go down that rabbit hole of self-limiting beliefs. Right. So when I decided to start my company, Mind Strong Fitness, it was this feeling of, listen, the world does not need another personal trainer, but what the world does need is an educator who's going to come into the health and fitness industry and say, wait a second, this is a skill. You can learn to knit, you can learn to sew, you can learn to ride a bike, and you can learn a skill of nutrition where you literally learn it once and you never meet, need me or anyone else again. So it, it's, it's a thing where it's a learning curve, right? It's going to take time. It's going to take practice. But I always joke, I have the worst sales pitch in the world because you literally need me once and you'll never need me again because we take a different approach to health and fitness. Well, I definitely want to dive into that approach, but it's so interesting. It's, it's very much where I'm evolving to as well as I work with clients and patients and, you know, just understanding that people come in already knowing a lot. They already know like what to do. They already know kind of some of the, you know, information that I'm giving them. Maybe they just needed it honed a bit more, a little bit more precise, you know, um, but the block is mental and the block is emotional and unconscious often, you know, and so I've sort of challenged myself with how do I help myself and others with, with that. And so I'm doing this new material and I begin it with what's your emotional block? How do we find your, you know, here are the top 10 emotions that most people experience. Like these are the blocks. These are the reactions. How do we, how do we match that first before I start talking to you about like all these different things you could do with your health, but, but tell us about this, very different take on health and fitness and nutrition around mindset um, and how this is all learnable or how these are learnable skills. Give us, give us a little peek into the window of, of what you're talking about there. Absolutely. So the, the skill itself that I teach is something called macro tracking and I did not invent macro tracking. These are not Rachel's laws of health and fitness, right. but I, I am someone who has run the gamut. I've done low carb diets. I've done low fat diets. I've done high, I've tried them all, every one of them. And macro tracking is literally the single most sustainable approach to nutrition I've ever found. And this is where we get into the mindset piece. Like it, it seems like such a, well, this is the way to lose weight, but it's not even about that. It comes down to human psychology because the health and fitness industry has raised us in an atmosphere. And our parents have raised us in an atmosphere because this is how they grew up that nutrition is all in all out, right? We're either hundred percent on our diet, eating clean six days a week, going to the gym five days a week and kicking ass and taking names or, well, I had a, a Krispy Kreme donut, so I've ruined my diet and I'll start again next week or I'll start again the following week or whatever arbitrary date. Yep. And one of the biggest mindset shifts we can make as a starting place is getting out of this idea of all in, all out, that there is literally no such thing as perfection. There is not a human being on the face of this earth who is perfect with their diet day in and day out. You eat that donut, you enjoy every bite of it, and then you get right back on. Not the next Monday, not the next week, you just keep going. And the other piece to this puzzle is the skill of macro tracking. Because the beauty of it is that there's no restriction. So as I mentioned before, of every diet out there, we actually do this exercise in my book. We make a list of every single diet you've ever tried, which for some people is 20, for some people is 200. Mm -hmm. And in the first column, you put the name of the diet. Second column, you put, how did it work? And most of us don't know logistically how it works, but we say, I had to eat this many points. I had to eat this shake every day, whatever it is. And then what we see in the third column is that they're all the same. They're based off this idea of good foods, bad foods, can eat, can eat. Mm -hmm. With macro tracking, it's exactly like a financial budget. So if I say to you, here's a hundred bucks, the only rule is you can spend this hundred bucks however you want, but you have to spend it all today. 
Well, now you have the freedom of choice, right? You could make 10 little purchases. You could make three big purchases, however you want to spend them. And when we start to approach food this way, when I say, here are your numbers, here are your grams of carbs, fat, protein, because those are our macronutrients, our macros, you now have the power of choice. So if you want that donut, and I use donuts because anyone who knows me knows I am obsessed with Krispy Kreme donuts. (laughs) I refuse to live a life that doesn't include donuts. So if you want to eat that donut, it's no longer a cheat food. You didn't break your diet. You're choosing to budget a little more carbs and fat to spend on that donut, but it's still part of your weight loss plan. You can still lose weight while eating those foods you love. And what happens when you approach nutrition as a skill like this is three months, four months, five months from now, you look back and you say, holy cow, I just naturally stopped looking at foods as good or bad, as allowed or not allowed. And I'm losing weight without restriction. Mm-hmm. And when you look at human psychology, that's literally the only way to make this sustainable is to get out of the all in all out, to get out of the, the can can't and learn how to budget within you and your goals. Yeah, I love that. So with macro tracking, give me a sense of how that works. I like kind of playfully with my children who, by the way, are in middle school right now, but uh, playfully with them created sugar budgets, right? So it wasn't like we never have sugar and we definitely have some stuff with sugar in the house, but hey, let's learn to budget and let's learn to self-regulate a little bit where, you know, if you know you've had this, you know, on this particular day, well, maybe you have less, you know, of something else. So we've, we've played with that a lot and tried to get that concept across and get them in the mindset of thinking through that. But how do, how do we do that effectively? Is it writing everything down? Is it just understanding and being a little bit more conscious throughout the day? How do we develop that skill and not give in to the emotional impulse that, oh my God, I'm going to go eat those chips or I'm going to have that you know dessert because I'm tired or I'm stressed or hungry or whatever it is. Yep, absolutely. First of all, bless you for having middle school children. <laughs> I love teaching middle school. They're a fun age. They're a tough age, but a fun age for sure. Um, I love that sugar budget. And yeah, it's so similar. In the beginning, macro tracking takes some work, right? And I'm super upfront with my clients and I tell them this is not the magic pill. The magic pill is time and consistency. I'm going to teach you something that's guaranteed to work. And that's not, again, it's not Rachel's laws of health and fitness. This is math and science. So barring a medical condition, this will work if you put in the time and the consistency. So in the beginning, there's a skill, there's a learning curve, like any other skill that you would learn in life. But what starts to happen, and then I'll get more into the logistics to answer your question. Um, What starts to happen is that like any skill, it gets easier and easier. And then we can release. Like one of my favorite quotes, I think it's by Picasso, who says, learn the the rules like a pro so you can break them like an artist, right? People always want to talk about intuitive eating and say, well, I'll just listen to my body. But really what your body is telling you is based on habit. So right now, if you've trained your body that every Tuesday is burger night at the drive-thru, Well, starting on Monday, your body's telling you that that's what it wants, right? That's not intuitive eating, that's habitual. But what we can do with macro tracking is we can put in the time, we can learn the skill, we can put in the effort. And then over time, our body will literally start telling us what we actually need, not what we've trained it to. But instead, we're fueling it the way it was meant to be fueled. And that becomes more of true intuitive eating. So the way it works is I would figure out your macro plan for you. Again, macros is short for macronutrients, Mm -hmm. very simply carbohydrates, protein, and fat. Those are the three nutrients we need the most of. So they're called macronutrients. So I'm going to pull these numbers out of thin air. (laughs) Please, nobody listening, use them. (laughs) For example, I might tell you that your, your macro plan is 100 grams of protein, 
150 grams of carbs, 50 grams of fat. I'm just making that up. Mm-hmm. So you would download a free app. Um, I'm a fan. There's apps like my fitness pal. There's, there's apps like lose it. There's a million free apps and your only job. And I say only knowing in the beginning, it's, it's a couple extra seconds of work a day. It's building a new habit. You're going to eat the way you normally eat in the beginning, but you're going to track your food. So for breakfast, if you have two eggs, two pieces of toast and a slice of bacon, you're going to put that into your app and your app is going to pull out how much you've quote unquote spent already and show you what you have left. So it's the exact same idea as a financial budget, mm-hmm. but the freedom and flexibility it gives you like that bacon at breakfast was not a cheat food. You're not off your diet. You right. just spend some of your fat macros on it. And this is how we start to heal that relationship with food. And we're fueling our body the way it was literally designed. So over time, we can choose to let go of the meticulous tra- tracking if we choose to and start to eat more intuitively. This is exactly how... I don't, I don't know if I stress the intuitive part enough, but this is sort of how I train my patients. Like I'll give them some general macros and tell them this is roughly based on your chemistry, based on what I'm seeing, based on the data I have. This is where I want you to be with carbs, fat, and sugar. And there's some testing offered at our practice as well, which will do some of that too. But here's where they struggle. And this again is something, you know, I'm like in the new year, is this something I want to tackle? But they really struggle with what you're describing. They struggle with, I just need someone to tell me what to do. Like, mm-hmm. just tell me what to eat. Like, I don't want to think, I don't want to cook. I don't want to like count, you know, what would you say to the person like that? Who I've told, you know, hundred grams of protein, 150 to 200 grams of carbs, 30, 40 grams of fat. Like I've given these numbers to, how would you tell them to take that information forward? Yeah. And what you're describing is super common. Um, I work with a lot of busy moms. I'm same with you. A lot of busy female entrepreneurs. Women. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Especially female entrepreneurs. Like we are busy. We don't want to, I call it the nerdy game of Tetris, meaning like how we fit everything. And on paper, when you sit down and look at the time that it's going to take to learn a skill, it's like, no, just tell me what to eat. And there's two parts to this answer. And this is a conversation that that I also have all the time because it it is, it's a common concern and it's a valid concern. Mm -hmm. The first answer is this, if that worked, we wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation. Right. If, if me just telling you what to eat was enough for it to last, you would have done it 30 years ago. Yeah. But the reality is that's never going to last. When you download these cookie cutter meal plans, they're never going to last because that's going back to the allowed, not allowed food. And that does not flow with human nature. Mm-hmm. The second thing is this, the amount of time and we both are ideal clients are women, but this is right. true of men too. But I, I tend to speak in terms of women because that's who I primarily work with. The amount the way, of time. Let me, let me stop you for a second. So there are actually men, and I'm so sorry for all the guys listening. I'm so sorry that we focus so much on women all the time, but I know that guys listen. So thank you for listening. And I promise that many of these principles of, apply over both genders. So anyhow, go ahead. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Men, this applies to you as well. Exactly. I'm like, I listened to all your episodes, but you're only talking about women. Oh. Uh, well, it's kind of the name of the show, but anyhow. So. <laughs> well, I will broaden my statement and say, yeah. we as humans, yeah. I just tend to say, especially women, because women as a generalization, we tend to be harder on ourselves at times, which is not always true for everyone, but as a generalization, the amount of time and energy that we spend beating ourselves up about, oh my gosh, my jeans feel tight today. Oh, I had a slice of pizza yesterday. Did I gain five pounds overnight? Oh, my jeans feel this way. The, The amount of rumination and energy drain that we spend about how we feel and how we look and our energy levels 
the, the biggest conversation I can have, especially with entrepreneurs, because our energy is everything to us, mm-hmm. you are spending that energy somewhere. So if you just decide, you make the choice to channel it into learning this skill, you literally free yourself of that energy. You will never have a day again where you think, holy cow, I had pizza last night. I feel so fat today because it comes. Yeah. I had pizza last night and I fit in my macros and I'm still losing weight. Awesome. Yeah. So it's, it's a decision. Do you want to sit here and ruminate and just live the life you've been living of going over and over and beating yourself up? Or do you want to channel that energy into learning a skill that's going to take you a few weeks to learn and have complete freedom and complete confidence for the rest of your life? So once you get those numbers and you have that, at least the acceptance of what you're saying, that this is something we need to carry forward, you know, what is the best methodology to do that? Like, what do you tell people to do? Is it, you know, they're walking through every meal, taking a deep breath first, and then thinking through how much they've already maybe consumed of those different macros, just like you would in a day, like, well, how much money have I spent today? Well, how much have I eaten? Are they thinking this through? Are they charting it somewhere? Like what's your, you know, what's the best way to make this a reality? It really, it depends person to person. Um, I will never do one and done macros. I get people all the time, especially on social media saying, can I just pay you to do my macros? And the answer is no, because it's too personal. Like I need to work with you for at least eight weeks so we can see how your body's responding, how you're feeling, what your tendencies are. For some people in the beginning, a really helpful tool is Mm pre-planning. So they'll spend 15 minutes the night before just laying in bed, playing on their app and seeing what it would look like to get within their goal range of macros. And that's not a for everything. That's, that's a bit more time consuming, but it just provides that roadmap of what this skill looks like. For other people, just tracking as they go works. So they'll eat breakfast, they'll input their breakfast, they'll take 30 to 45 seconds to study. Hey, wow, I didn't realize I ate so many fat grams at breakfast. Do I want to make that choice? Because it's all about choice. And if the answer is yes, we'll just be stingier with our fat as the day goes on. But if the answer is no, I want to have a more fat heavy dinner, then we go back, take another 10 seconds and say, okay, what did I eat for breakfast that I could swap out tomorrow? Maybe I have turkey bacon instead of regular bacon. Maybe I use egg whites instead of eggs. Mm-hmm. So it, it really depends on the person and how their brain works. But pre-planning is a great one for people who like to go into things with a plan. Taking 10 to 45 seconds to study as the day goes on is what the majority of people do as we, get, as we start learning the skill and getting it under our belt. Gotcha. And then with, so I heard you say, so let's say we shifted in a category on a given day, you can kind of make up for it the next day. Like I had only 40 grams of protein today. Can I make up for that the following day? Like how does, how does that work day to day? The ideal goal is to get within two to three grams of each macro each day. But in the beginning, you know, again, as a middle, former middle school teacher, like I'm all about setting people up for success, which means realistic expectations. When I taught middle school students, I was a very unorthodox teacher and that I would hit, hand kids their instrument and say, listen, we are going to sound terrible <laughs> for about two weeks. Like just putting it out there. We're all going to be terrible. We're going to squeak and squawk. And then in a month, we're going to look back and say, holy cow, I can't believe how great we are. And it's the same thing here. What, there is no way that you are going to start locking in your macros week one when you first start. We have never in our lives paid attention to how many carbs, fat and protein we eat in a day. So in the beginning, it's really just about looking for your tendencies. It's not about, oh, I hit my carbs, fat, protein every single day this week. It's okay. So I'm noticing I tend to be low in carbs. I'm noticing I tend to be low in protein. And the next day going back, studying, seeing how can I tweak, how can I adjust with the end goal, like I said, of getting within those two to three grams of each macro each day. 
Gotcha. Okay. I like that. Um, the other thing that keeps coming up over and over again is talking about carbs, carb guilt, not feeling good about carbs, all that other stuff. Uh, why do we have so much carb guilt? Do we even need to cut these out? What's your opinion of all of that? Oh, I, I could talk for an hour about carbs <laughs> unless you hate carbs. And I have never met a human being on the, on the earth that hates carbs. I've met people who can't tolerate gluten and that's something totally different. Unless you eat carbs or hate carbs, there's absolutely no reason to cut them out. Our bodies, and again, this is, I don't care what you believe in. If you believe in God, the universe, the big bang, doesn't matter. We're talking about human biology. Our bodies are designed to go to carbs for energy. So when your body needs more energy, it literally looks for carbs first. When it doesn't find them for a prolonged period of time, that's when it puts itself in a state of ketosis and it produces ketones. And what you are literally doing, if we break this down to its most unscientific form, is you are tricking its body to do your body to do something it wasn't designed to do. And to me, when we just think about it like that, like our bodies are these powerhouses of doing things without conscious thought, healing itself, breathing while we're sleeping. The reason we struggle with obesity is not because we haven't tricked our body enough. It's because we are eating in disproportion. We're eating too much of some macros, not enough of others. Yeah. It is not because carbs make you fat. It's because you're eating more calories than you burn in a day. Yeah. So there is a time and place when I have people, I have a lot of clients who come to me who have done keto diets, they've done low carb diets. We don't just jump to where their ideal numbers would be, right? This goes back to the not doing one and done macros. If, if you've been on keto for the past year and you're eating 15 grams of carbs a day, I'm not going to sit here and say, go eat 150 grams of carbs a day because your body's going to freak out. But over time, we're going to slowly work your numbers up. And to me, because all of this is about energy to me, the biggest transformation you're going to see besides the changes in your body is that your energy is just going to skyrocket because that's literally how we were designed. I love that. And when you talk carbs, all carbs, bread is equal to pasta is equal to vegetables is equal to fruit. Is that in your world? Is that equal or? Um, <laughs> so this is an interesting conversation. There's a difference between eating for weight loss and healthy eating. And that's a distinction that I think not enough people think about where at the end of the day, weight loss comes down to calories in versus calories out. So if you know that for you to lose weight, you have to eat 1500 calories a day or less right. in theory. And I want to be super clear that I'm saying in theory, you could eat 1500 calories of Krispy Kreme donuts a day and you could lose weight. The problem is you would die before you could go show off your bikini ready body, whatever you would be dead because Krispy Kreme donuts do not contain micronutrients, vitamins, and minerals. So when it comes to weight loss, calories in versus calories out. But the mindset shift here is it's not good foods, bad foods. It's not allowed foods, not allowed foods. It's nutritious versus non-nutritious. Right. So if you have 150 grams of carbs to spend, the goal is to spend most of them on foods that are packed with vitamins and minerals, your vegetables, your fruits, your whole grains. But will having a Krispy Kreme donut a couple times a week kill you? Absolutely not. You'll spend some carbs on it, but you'll do it knowing that you're not getting the nutrition that you are from, from the more complex, healthier carbs. And oftentimes eating low quality, and this is what we've seen too in research, eating lower quality nutrients or less nutrient dense foods triggers other responses in the brain, like more cravings, less satiety, like all these other things that uh, then essentially make you eat significantly more. So it's all interconnected for sure. What about 
Like, do middle schoolers, I'm curious, uh, latch onto this concept? Have, <laughs> it is shocking. Or tell yes, me. kids love this stuff. So I don't do macro tracking with kids because they don't really need it that young. Right. But back when I was teaching middle school music, I started a before school fitness club. It was called yeah. Empower. And it was so cute. We had our matching t-shirts and we would work out for an hour before school. And I, I asked the kids, like it was designed as a workout program. We'd run the track. We got weights donated. We do full body workouts. And I asked them, do you guys want to learn about nutrition? And they were so excited. So we would do things like I'd bring in a protein bar versus Snickers bar. I'd bring in almond butter versus Nutella, which middle schoolers love Nutella. <laughs> They'd like walk around with spoonfuls of it. And we'd sit there and I taught them how to read nutrition labels. I would show them what to look for, what, why one's considered healthy and one's less nutritious. And it was so interesting for me to see these kids go home and teach their parents and to hear like my, my parents had no idea how to read nutrition labels. So we sat down and had this little family meeting and I taught them. And I just yeah. like that stuff, just the teacher in me like that lit me up seeing how excited they got, because really this is a generational thing. It's the same thing with mindsets, it's the same thing with nutrition we've absorbed from our parents, from their parents, from their parents, these limiting beliefs about health and fitness, right? I used to hear 11 year old girls talk about how they feel fat because they had a piece of pizza yeah. and they're not old enough to understand what that means yet, but they're hearing it somewhere and they're absorbing it. And it's only when we change our relationship with food that we can then pass that down to the next generation. And I mean, that that's how we change the world is generation at a time. I'm a huge believer in that. I, I believe that so much of this gets pre-wired in us and Again, that's the response that many of yep. us are not aware of. That's the unconscious, you know, response to so much of the stuff that people are not tapped into. Um, how do you change that within a family dynamic? So when one family member comes in to a scenario, uh, you know, and between the husband and the wife, they have their own issues around food or, or nutrition or own perceptions of food and nutrition. How do you unite the family around that? Like, what's, what's a good, healthy way to do that for families? You know, it's interesting. Um, every once in a while, I will get a husband and wife who jump into macro coaching together. But the vast majority of the time, there's a very clear cycle that happens. And I love to sit back and watch it. And it's usually, again, I'm generalizing, but this is what I see. The wife comes to me and says, I want to get my nutrition in check. My husband is not on board. What yeah. should I do? And my answer is, let's focus on you for now. And I would say eight and a half out of 10 times, when the husband starts seeing the changes in the wife, he won't just jump in. He won't be like, sign me up for macro coaching, but he'll start asking questions saying, what are you doing? Oh, that's interesting. Oh, that, And then he'll start following along. He won't jump in yet, right. but he'll start making some changes. And because men tend to lose weight faster than women, right. they start seeing the results and then they're, then they're ready to go. Yeah. So like anything else in life, I'm just such a huge fan of leading by example. And it can be challenging. If you have a family that's not on board, sometimes that means modifying your dinner to be different than theirs a little bit. But again, the beauty of macros is it doesn't have to be a totally different dinner. You just tweak to fit your numbers. Yeah. And almost always what happens is when you, when the family starts to see those positive effects, right? Human beings were designed to be pleasure seeking. Mm -hmm. So we say, Oh, you feel good. You look good. How can I do that? And then right. the snowball effect takes place. I love that. And I think for you know, many people who are listening, I know many of you are moms or you're in charge of your parents or you have other roles as caregivers. You know, I think it's important to remember that what we do is as important as what we say. You know, for a long time, I struggled with my one of my middle schoolers, actually both of them. I can't say just one of them about food choices, like our values around food versus their friends values around food. 
and would get super frustrated where, you know, they're coming home and, you know, it was all pizza and nuggets and bags of candy as gifts and presents. And like, I'm dealing with these nightmare kids with the aftermath of, of that and what it does behaviorally. But it's so fun to continue to stay on your road and try to stay steady and calm, which is hard. But um, but but see them come around and be like, this makes me feel gross. Like I can't play tennis as well as I want to when I do this. I can't mm-hmm. make my A's. I can't, you know, like see them slowly connect the dots. And I think I, I've seen that with my husband. I've seen that with patients. So for everybody out there who gets so frustrated when someone they love dearly doesn't get it, I think keep doing what you're doing. Because often, like uh, Rachel saying, those people do come around and they, they start to make shifts and changes of their own. So I, I completely agree with that. All right. Someone starting out this journey, trying to lose weight, trying to find their best self back, trying to recover. In fact, I think 2021, the theme is recovery, right? Trying to recover and reclaim some sense of normalcy again. What's your piece of advice to them? Where do they begin? Yeah, my my single greatest, and that is a vast understatement. If I could shout one thing from the rooftops, it would be baby steps. And that's so contrary to what people often expect a fitness coach to say. Yeah. But one of the biggest reasons that not only New Year's resolutions don't stick, but that no matter what time of year you start this, the reason we don't stay with it is because we are trying to do too much all at once. And our caveman brains are fear-based. Our brains are designed where change is scary and change equals death and change equals all our limiting beliefs getting flooded in. So the way that we do that is we flow with human psychology instead of going against it. Mm. When we take a baby step, again, our bodies, as you know, are pleasure-seeking creatures. We are avoid, uh, we're designed to avoid pain and seek pleasure. So going zero to 100 is pain. You're going to be sore as hell at the gym. You're going to be overwhelmed with trying to do a complete diet overhaul. It's going to be too much for your brain to handle. But when we do one little thing, when we go for a 20 minute walk three days a week, if we do 20 minutes of yoga, whatever your thing is, and then most importantly, we throw ourselves a freaking internal party every time we do it, then our body goes, wow, that feels really good. What else can I do? What else can I do? And six months from now, you're going to look back and you're going to be in this whole other lifestyle of a steady workout routine, new nutrition, healthy relationship with food. And it won't be pushing this boulder up a hill to get there. It's going to be the snowball effect because you took a baby step, you celebrated it, which is a huge part of this, and you kept it consistent. And that's how we make this a sustainable lifestyle. But again, we've been so conditioned for January 1st, New Year's Day, here we go, life overhaul. And it's never going to last. We've seen that. We've spent our whole lives trying to do that. It's all about baby steps, which leads to momentum, which leads to consistency, which leads to habit. I love it. I love it. Where can people go to learn more about this technique and being mind strong in their wellness journey? What's the best, where's their starting point? Um, You can check out my website is mindstrongfitness.com. My new book that you mentioned, Becoming Mind Strong, is up on Amazon. Super exciting. Just came out about a month ago at this point. We hit bestseller status overnight. It was an amazing, amazing journey. I, and on Facebook, I have actually, sorry, guys, my private Facebook group is for women only, <laughs> but you could check out, you could yeah. check out Find Strong Fitness on Facebook as well. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for taking time out today to join us and talk about this. I really do think this is where our industry needs to shift and spend more time there. Because again, this is where people really struggle the most. There's so much information out there now. So it's not the information, it's more 
putting it together and making it actionable and watching our mind and our emotions and making sure they're not getting the best of us. So thank you again. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. Of course. Yes. And for everyone else listening and watching to us today, remember that we are on Spotify. We're on Apple iTunes and I load these episodes to my YouTube channel as well. That's Dr. Taz MD. So you can watch, listen, learn in many different formats. Thank you again for watching this episode of Superwoman Wellness. Remember to rate and review it and share it with your friends. And I will see you guys next time. 